All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan, and welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Heather Johnson. Heather is the CEO of Ingenium and has over 25 years of experience in hazardous waste management. Her innovative approach to sustainability and waste management has positioned Ingenium as an industry leader in waste to energy programs and zero waste initiatives. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa. I'm excited to be here today. So share with us a little bit about your background and what led you to doing what you're doing. You named it over 25 years of experience. I, back in my college days, uh, was answering phones in this industry. And along the way, I started doing some marketing and sales and ultimately ended up, I think it's 27 years now in, in the industry never really looking back on anything, finding a passion in this and carrying forward. Yeah. So I know that many companies are aspiring right now to achieve a zero waste status. Can you give us an idea of some of the steps and strategies that businesses can do that are looking to embark on this journey? Sure. So zero waste is a journey, as you mentioned, and uh, there's several steps in the process. And the first step is for a business to determine that they want to move forward. And uh, in that, the first step is looking at what they're generating in terms of waste, what's going into the trash cans at the cubicle level, what's going into the trash cans in their kitchens or cafeterias throughout the facilities. That all ends up in a dumpster typically and where we start is at the dumpster level. So we'll go, we call it a dumpster dive for lack of a better term, but dig in the trash and look at what are these guys producing that might have some value and be removed from the waste world and used elsewhere. From there, we provide data. So. It's data collection and then reporting out to the business. Hey, here's what you guys are doing. Are, are you aware? And most of the time they are not aware to any large extent of what types of things are making it into the trash. But it really starts with the conversation at that point of, okay, here's what's happening. What are you willing to do as a business to reduce the amount of waste that's going into the trash? And from there, we talk about strategies uh, that can be deployed within the business, ways to minimize the waste, ways to reuse materials in lieu of creating waste. And over time, continuing to track the progress of the efforts and provide more data to show reduction over time. Ultimately, the objective would be to achieve this zero waste certification, which has a certain percentage milestone you have to achieve of removing waste from the landfill and um, doing something better with it. So what kind of, when it comes to zero waste certification, because I, I think about zero waste and just in my own house and go, what goes out into the trash every week, what is that percentage? How, what, like how much are people reducing their waste 
in order to get that certification? What does that look like? I believe it's 90% on average, which sounds extremely challenging. And it is, don't get me wrong. Again, a business has to have a concerted effort. It doesn't just include leadership being behind it, but everybody in the organization taking um, pride in the efforts of reducing the waste. Yeah. Now, I know your company is known for its innovative waste to energy programs, but how can these green solutions work for as a viable option for manufacturers? Believe it or not, manufacturers produce a lot of waste. There's a lot of opportunity, I think. Some manufacturers use solvents as an example, and we have the ability to take those materials and reuse them, maybe repurpose them to another business that can continue the use as opposed to a manufacturer having to send out the material as waste. And there are many different items that are used in manufacturing and also result in the process of manufacturing that have a beneficial reuse opportunity that minimizes what goes into the track. What am I trying to say here? Basically, there's a lot of opportunity in manufacturing. In the event we can't do something better with the material than make it a waste or call it a waste, then waste to energy comes into play as a viable technology that's greener than putting something into a landfill or incinerating it. So when you're reusing, like you said, solvents, so would that the manufacturer who was using the solvents be able to use them again? Or would another manufacturer, another company basically buy that? I don't even secondhand or recycled. Yeah, good question. so fascinating. Yeah, both. The answer is both. Some manufacturers will continue to use a solvent until it's so dirty they just cannot do anything further with it. Some manufacturers uh, have quality control procedures that allow the use of a material only one time and it's still clean enough for someone else to use. They just don't allow it in their process. So we can pass that along to another manufacturer or a company that um, can use that material. Additionally, when a solvent uh, gets dirty, we can also do something called distillation, which cleans it up and creates a renewable product, uh, which is the solvent without whatever was contaminating it. And then those manufacturers can rebuy it because it does have a cost associated with it, but it's less expensive than uh, buying new solvent. And again, the ultimate goal is to minimize what is wasted. If you can prolong the use, the longer you do that, instead of use new product every time, you're doing the environment a favor. Right, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about hazardous risk because assessing and managing has managing hazardous waste is really crucial in industrial operations. So what can businesses do as far as mitigating their hazardous waste risks so that they're in compliance and also being safe? Call Ingenium. No, Um, actually, in in all seriousness, calling a company like Ingenium that can help them understand both uh, from a compliance standpoint, what is it that you're required to do based on what you're generating? What are your processes using that are hazardous? And then what are the requirements and, and regulatory risks around what you're doing? There's, it's a whole world that most people don't think about in terms of 
tracking and managing. If you have a chemical, for example, that you're using, only when you say you no longer have a use for it and there is no longer a use for it, then it's a waste. So once you determine something is a waste, a whole new set of regulations kick in. And a lot of businesses don't necessarily understand what the requirements are around managing hazardous waste. So they can bring in a consultant who does understand that or bigger businesses oftentimes will have a full-time environmental health and safety manager who is responsible for the hazardous waste and the tracking and management of it. But either way, from a safety standpoint, there's a lot of training that goes into place so that people know what they're handling. Uh, And then also from a regulatory requirement standpoint, there's holding time issues, there's uh, manifest paperwork type issues. There's also something called cradle to grave, which means once you have a waste, it's yours until you know that it's been managed to the end. So it's really important that you know what's happening to the waste and you're using a company that's properly disposing of it at the end of the day. And there's a paperwork trail on that and there's a time requirement on that. So if you understand all of the requirements, you should be good to go. But if you don't, I would highly encourage you to have um, a consultant on board to help you with all that because there is a lot. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I think about this and when we're looking at attracting younger people into manufacturing and into industry and sustainability is such a a huge topic of that because they want to make sure that they are protecting the planet in whatever they're doing or at least not causing additional harm. So what are some of the things that you've seen that businesses are using eco-friendly practices or are there specific success stories or examples that, that you can share? Yeah, and you're absolutely right as it pertains to younger people in any industry. I think they want to work for a company that is environmentally friendly, conscious and doing something if they can to better protect the environment. A lot of businesses and what I'm seeing, bigger businesses that can make a difference are pushing back on their suppliers to use greener materials, if you will, whether they be shipping materials, maybe things that can be recycled or reused. That's a big one that I'm seeing because a lot of uh, the businesses that we work with, they receive chemicals in styrofoam as an example. And the styrofoam is, it's uh, voluminous, if you will. It's lightweight. It's got a recycle value, but it's costly to move it unless you can condense it. And so I've seen companies pushing back on people that use styrofoam to take it back and use it again, as an example, instead of the stuff going into the landfill. Because again, it takes up a lot of space and it doesn't break down easily. Additionally, looking at more environmentally friendly products they can use in their processes and instead of highly toxic chemicals, if there's a way that they can introduce something more environmentally friendly, they're doing that. And then ultimately downstream on the waste side, how can they reduce or reuse materials before they become a waste, prolonging the use of something? Yeah, I think that one of the arguments that you hear from people is that the more environmentally friendly products don't they they don't believe that they work as well as the horrifically hazardous materials that they've been using forever 
So what are you seeing as far as the advancing in technology or is that still true? Yes and no. I'm, I I totally know what you're talking about. I know when we work with a lot of research and development and they use mercury thermometers. And I remember when they made a play to use, because mercury is highly toxic. And so what else can we use in lieu of that? And it took a long time, but I think they've come out now with a good alternative to the mercury. But there are several products that people will argue there's nothing better than radiation isotopes in some cases, although it's become more difficult to manage that stuff. So people have almost been forced to move away in a lot of situations. But for sure, over the last 25 years, I've seen a lot of movement in that arena. Yeah, that's a good thing. And then we also look at things like community service and corporate responsibility, which of course you are uh, big on in your organization. So how do you tie in what you're doing um, with sustainability goals as far as also really focusing on that uh, corporate responsibility efforts of the companies you work with? We have a big push in innovation. On top of what exists today, we're always looking for what is coming in the future that we can leverage and introduce to people. We try to be the expert in the technology as it presents itself. We actually don't own any technology, nor do we create any technology, but understanding uh, what other people are doing and how it can benefit our customers from manufacturing businesses to pharma, any type of industry that's using chemicals and producing hazardous waste. There's more and more technology that's greener to manage this stuff in the future. Historically, it's gone for landfill or incineration, And obviously we wanna minimize what goes to the landfill. More and more there's conversations about that. But if it's not going to landfill, where is it going? What can we do? And so more and more you're seeing new technologies present themselves that uh, minimize the need to send things to the landfill. What are you seeing as far as some of those uh, new technologies that you've been the, the most impressed with or have really changed the game in waste management or your zero waste initiatives? What I've seen is more people figuring out how to prolong the life of things. Obviously, if you have to dispose of it, there's something called fuels blending where you can use hazardous waste as a secondary fuel in a cement kiln. And so instead Hmm. of using natural resources, uh, a lot of hazardous waste qualifies to make cement as an example. Um, But I'm also seeing people clean up waste, reuse it. Can't really say clean up waste because once it's waste, you have a different issue, but (laughs) prolong the use of a chemical. We have something called an orphan chemical program where maybe a manufacturer, a large manufacturer that has quality controls and can't use products past their shelf life, for example, doesn't mean that a smaller business with less funds can't use those chemicals in their research. We can take them from the large manufacturer to the small startup, and they can continue using them and not have to buy new chemicals, which may end up as waste in the future as well. But how do they find out about you? I mean, you because you're. we talked earlier about the companies reusing 
or either themselves or it goes to other companies. How does that whole process work? How would somebody even find out what you have, the list of products that, that you have that you can make available to people? Right now, that program is largely amongst our current customer base because we haven't figured out how to leverage AI, which I think would be our next play on that. But right now we have a list of all of our customers who are interested in being potential recipients of chemicals. So when we have a customer that wants to donate, there's the donor and there's the recipient. So the let's call it the big manufacturer has a list of chemicals that they no longer have a need for, but they're still good chemicals, right? They're not yeah. crystallizing around the caps or inherently waste-like. They're going to go out as waste though, unless we find a home for them. So we'll take their inventory of chemicals and we'll send it to our customer base of recipients. And then those guys will look at it and say, okay, I'd like to have the following chemicals. And then we will arrange the uh, transportation from point A to point B of those materials. And the way they find us, when they find us, is oftentimes a Google search for hazardous waste recycling because more and more people are wanting to be sustainable. And so it's not just as simple as hazardous waste disposal, which we'd still come up, I think, in a search for that. But um, it's word of mouth or Google search. And how does a company know that they need to talk to somebody like you? What would be a first clue that making the call to Ingenium is a good, is a good option? If they're generating hazardous waste and they understand they can't throw it in the trash, that's the first clue. And then what type of business do they want to work with? I would say the majority of business businesses today have really gotten on board with sustainability. When we started Ingenium 17 years ago, sustainability was not a big deal to people. It was, it, I don't even know if it was a word being used at all in our industry. And then when the markets crashed in 08, we saw a huge influx in chemicals that had to go for disposal because businesses were shutting down. So these mm. would be chemicals that had never even been opened, but the business is closing. And part of the closure process is all of the chemicals have to go out as hazardous waste. And it was crazy for us to see just how much good material was being wasted. And mm. so we started to promote sustainability back in 2008, but it comes at a cost too. So traditional disposal is less expensive than some of the screener opportunity. And early on, businesses weren't willing to take on additional cost to do that. Today, fast forward 15 years later, and it's big initiative at the leadership level for a lot of these businesses. In addition to just having hazardous waste and saying, hey, I need to dispose of this. A lot of people that are managing it know that they also want to try to do something greener. So they'll be looking for companies who have these innovations. So what's the process? They call you for the first time because they have some waste or they want to take a look at more sustainability. Um, what happens next? We send somebody out to their facility and we talk to them about what they're doing. We want to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. Because if there's things they can change upstream and we can help consult with them on that to reduce the amount of waste or use less toxic materials, all kinds of those things that I spoke to earlier. And then also in that conversation is what are their goals? Again, most companies will tell you that they have some sustainability goals. Some will say, 
we want the lowest cost. Based on what they're trying to accomplish, then we will tailor a program for them that meets those needs. And are you actually doing the cleaning up of the chemicals and stuff? Do you have a pro? So you have a whole processing facility. We don't have a processing facility, but what we have are the trucks and the people. So we will go to the manufacturer and we'll make sure everything's properly labeled and packaged so that it can go on a truck for safe transport to the disposal facility or wherever the material is ultimately going to end up. Very interesting. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you think is important for people listening to know? I think you touched on it, but ultimately what I believe is the most important for people to know if they are not aware and understand the cradle to grave element of waste generation, that they it's crucial that they're working with a dependable company like Ingenium, because again, if you're working with somebody, you're getting a cheap price or these people aren't on the up and up, if your waste ends up somewhere it shouldn't, you're going to pay for cleanup a second time. And possibly if other companies have waste in that same area and they're out of business, you're going to be paying for other people's waste as well. So it's most crucial that you know that you're working with a reliable vendor. And if somebody did want to continue the conversation or find out more about how Ingenium can help them and you, what would be the best way to get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me and learn about Ingenium services would be to go to our website, which is www.pureingenium.com. And that's P-U-R-E-I-N-G-E-N-I-U-M.com slash podcast. This podcast will be listed there with others and they'll be able to get to all of our other information on the website from there. All right. Heather, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Lisa. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturers Network Podcast. Do me a favor and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow this network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either send your buddies to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the Manufacturers Network podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow the network, the stronger and deeper the community will all have. Thanks again, and I appreciate you.